Hey, good morning, everybody. How are we doing today? Very good, very good. Great to have you with us. See a few friendly faces in the place. Well, that's good. I feel comfortable. Hey, uh, I'm going to get Bruce to come and do the Bible reading in a minute. Um, but before I do that, I've got a couple of things up the front here. Um, last week, we talked about the prayer from this book. And uh, there's copies of that prayer. There's little ones that you can put in your Bible and use them as bookmarks. Um, this is the book, Unofficial Chaplains, a handbook for everyday service to the people around you. Um, now, <clears throat> in my rush to get them, I've organized it through Kurong, and Kurong has no books left of this one. So from everywhere in Australia, they've come to Mooloolaba, but unfortunately I haven't taken the price off them. So that one's free. You get the idea. So these are free. You're most welcome to come and grab them after the service and have a read of them. If you're like me and you've set yourself a reading goal, anyone got a reading goal this year? Okay, a couple. All right. Sorry? Yeah, you just read. I set myself a goal because if I just read, I only read 30 books. But if I set myself a goal, then I get more because I'm competitive like that, even with myself. All right, so I've got a goal this year, and if you're into that, then this is a really good one to start the year with because it's so small, <laughs> so small. I've got friends that have given me books, and they're so thick. What are they doing to me? All right, so this is a nice, easy book to read, and it's got some good stories, and it's by our good friend, Warren Crank. All right, Bruce, would you like to come and do the Bible reading for us, please? Um, just one thing uh, normally I can come up here and I can read straight off I don't need glasses to read what's in the page however as I'm getting older I find that the print needs to be larger this is not large print so my apologies in advance sorry Bruce the reading is from Luke chapter 10, verses 25-37. On one occasion, an expert in the law stood up to test Jesus. Teacher, he, said, he asked, what must I do to inherit eternal life? What is written in the law, he replied. How do you read it? He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbour as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. But he wanted to justify himself. So he asked Jesus, and who is my neighbour? In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he fell into the hands of robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, who as he travelled came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him 
and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then he put the man on his own donkey, took him to an inn and took care of him. The next day he took out two silver coins and gave them to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I will reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was was the neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of robbers? The expert in the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. And Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Thank you, Bruce. Now, you guys have heard that reading before, yeah? It's not a surprise to you that the story of a Samaritan, actually a good Samaritan, but sort of means that we're non-good Samaritans. Maybe this guy was a good Samaritan because he did a good thing. In the story, we have a few characters, don't we? Who are the other characters? Pharisee, priest, and a Levite, part of the temple. Both of them welcomed in the temple. Both of them welcomed in church. The Samaritan, was he welcome? Nope. Not welcome. No deal for the Samaritan. And yet in this story that Jesus is teaching to predominantly Jewish people, so when he started the story with Pharisees and Sadducees and Levites and all that, they're all going, yeah, the good guys, the righteous ones, the holy ones, the guys that teach us the Torah. And then he says, no, bad guys. They did not step out of their comfort zone to go and help someone. But the guy who did was the bad guy, the Samaritan, the one who they would not walk through, Samaria. They'd go the long way. Some of you may be uh, praying for the Kimberley at the moment with all the floods and everything. One of my mates sent me, no stress in the Kimberley. The road is still open. You just have to go via Perth, Adelaide, Darwin and back in. So yeah, pray, pray for the Kimberley. It's flooded. Bad time. So this is a story about a good Samaritan. But what does that mean for you and for me? And does that mean we need to go out into the highways and the byways and find people that have been beat up so we can be good Samaritans? I don't think it is. We're going to continue on in our series about unofficial chaplains. And um, there's a, an amazing story that uh, Warren Crank tells at the beginning of this chapter. And he talks about um, this area of holistic ministry. You see, we are looking at that challenge for you and for me. How do we do that as individuals? But how do we do it as a church? How do we be a part of what God has called us to do? The really cool thing is if you mention food, usually that works well as an illustration, doesn't it? Okay, well, okay, it does for me. Back in the day, there were a group of holy men who ran drop-in centres. And travellers from all over the world would bypass, and if they got tired, they would stop at these drop-in centres. Most of the time, these drop-in centres were used as a place of prayer and worship. These men were called monks. Monks. There's a guy called Brother Lawrence who wrote a book, Practicing the Presence of God. And he was a monk. In fact, he was one of the chefs 
And this story comes about by what these monks did in holistic ministry ways. Now, many people saw my tin of Heinz today and thought I was bringing baked beans to church. Not baked beans, it's Heinz Italian minestrone soup. Anyone know minestrone soup? Yep. I must admit, it's not in the top three of my soups. Um, I know, it's, it's number one. All right, Bruce, if minestrone is number one, where does it come from? Apart from Italy, I've given it away there. <laughs> minestrone. Am I saying it right? Yeah? Well, let me tell you the story, Bruce, so I don't embarrass you any further. Minestrone is an Italian word derived from Latin ministere. All right? The English words minister and ministry are sourced from that word. So these monks have developed a ministry and ministering by what? Making soup. Are you kidding me? That's not preaching. That's not praying. That's not playing music and leading us in worship. That's just cooking. Are you telling me cooking is ministry? Amen, brother. (laughs) It is a great ministry. You see, these monks always had a pot of soup going. Always had a pot of soup going. So if you drop by the monastery for a place to sleep, a place to be comfortable, guess what? You would get some minestrone soup. Now, Bruce... This is not going to be good for you, mate. So I'm going to cook some minestrone soup. You know what the really good thing about minestrone soup is? You can eat it. You can. It, I don't know if you know this, Bruce, but minestrone soup is basically whatever soup. You just throw whatever you've got in. So if the monks were doing their work and they had tomatoes, turnips, 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 a bit of pasta, a bit of noodles, it all went in the soup. Leftover meat in the soup. It was just whatever was in there. And it was ministry. It was ministry soup. Guess what happened in times of famine and starvation? The monks made more soup. And it wasn't just inside the building when you went in to get it. It would be out in the streets. These little monks would go around with soup and giving it out to the people. Now, for those of you who think, Donnie, giving out soup is not much of a ministry. Well, back in my time in Fusion uh, in, in Tasmania, we used to go to the, the shows, you know, the shows, the royal shows? Well, we would go in there and support and help and, and do whatever needed to be done for the royal show. One of the good things that I loved doing on behalf of Fusion was going to all the show guys, the workers. That, that was their business. And I don't know about you, but um, whenever I went to win stuff at the show, I never won much. And you know why? We all thought the show guys were rigged. You know, the, the gun, like I was a pretty good shoot. I would go down and I'd try and hit the ducks because I had a good-looking girl with me and I'd want to win her a present, and I'd always miss. And I went, ah, oh, the barrel's obviously off. The sight's been broken. These townie, these show guys, you can't trust them. We went in. And we guess what we had? We had soup and bread. And in Tasmania, when it was cold, soup and bread, it, yeah, you guys, <laughs> cold, soup was just unreal. They just, it was as if I was giving them $200. They were just, oh, so welcome. You'll be back tomorrow night? Yep. And every night of the week we were there for the show at Hobart, we would give out this soup. 
And then they would sit and chat to us. Why are you giving us soup? Well, I'm part of the Fusion organisation. What's Fusion? I'm glad you asked. Fusion is an organisation that da-da-da-da-da. And we're based out of Christianity. Ah, so I thought there was something weird about you. Anyone walking around giving out soup, not normal. I got to share with them a bit. See, unofficial chaplains, we care for the whole person. As preachers, we try to shine some stuff into our minds and challenge you and get you to a point that, yeah, okay, yeah that's good, I'll go and do that. And we, we become active. But it's a spiritual ministry that encompasses our whole body. And so in this place, we want to be able to minister in every single way. So some at morning tea today, which is looking good, by the way. I've been up the back and it's looking like a good morning tea. That's a ministry, amen? It's a ministry. And some of you may, oh, this is looking good. Bruce, you can't just grab it, mate. I'm just going to turn it down a bit. That starts to burn, mate. Can you rescue it for me? So the idea of ministry and food is not a new one. It's, it's forever and ever. But there's more areas. There's spiritual ones where we pray. In the prayer room this morning, we were praying, and I got prayed for. You know, someone asked me, how are you feeling? And I said, well, I'm not 100%. So they stood up and prayed for me. How cool is that? We pray and we minister to the whole body, body, soul, mind, and spirit. It is holistic and encompasses all areas. As chaplains, we endeavor, with God's help, to meet people's needs wherever it may be. On Wednesday, I got to go to the Mouldy Oldies again, and, and there was a few new people there. There was a little lady, 92-year-old, her name is Jacqueline, and she was at the other end of the table and uh, it was her first time, and she'd never met me before. And she talked to one of the, the carers, can I speak to the pastor, please? And so I went down and said, hi, I'm the pastor. And she said, my name's Jacqueline. And I said, my name's Donnie. And then she told me her whole story right through it all, how many times she'd been married, the kids that she'd had, and, and she'd belonged to the Presbyterian church. And I said, oh, okay, cool. So you know Jesus? Yes, I know Jesus. And I said, oh, cool. And she said, in fact, she um, was on an oxygen thing. That's why she hadn't been for a while because it's hard to get around with those oxygen things. And she was a bit worried because she didn't want the oxygen thing to run out. Um, so she had a carer there and he said, no, no, you're good, you're good. You get three hours out of this tank and then we'll get you home. But the other thing that was bad for her is that she'd just been diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 92. And, and she said, look, I have no worries about going to heaven. It's just the way I get there is what worries me, you know? That's what worries me. Is that bubbling? Oh, we can turn that off, I think, Bruce. And, and so I got to share with her a bit about heaven and about that. And, and this is at a table with a whole bunch of other people. So guess what? Not only does she get to hear it, so does everyone else. Little Betty, it's two up. She goes, oh, yeah, I go to Budrum Uniting Church. We've got a minister up there. He's been with us for 10 years. It's so good that he's been with us for 10 years. We love him. And I said, oh, cool. I said, I've been at my church 19 years. And they said, wow, 19 years. How did that happen? I said, I don't know. They haven't kicked me out yet. And she said, oh, I hope they don't, Don. Oh, I hope that too. See, our compassion that Jesus had in and through his ministry is he did everything, did he? Jesus didn't just go to the temple and preach. That's not all he did, did he? He certainly preached, certainly did it from the temple, certainly did it by the ocean side, but he also went places and he met with people with compassion. He freed the oppressed. He fed the hungry twice. He offered hope to people in trouble. And he comforted those who were grieving. 
Jesus readily did these things knowing, hear this bit, knowing that many that he ministered to wouldn't be at the temple the following Sunday. All right? But he ministered anyway because that was who he was. He went about doing good. Paul preaches it in Acts chapter 13. Then this Jesus, who you crucified, went about doing good. And you crucified him. An unofficial chaplain, as an unofficial chaplain, our ministry is to the whole person. It is, uh, as we are charged in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 11, to do good, just as Jesus did good. Unofficial chaplains, we are to provide holistic care without discrimination. You understand that bit? I understand, as a Christian, that we can get upset with people who believe different to us. I get that. And I get cranky when certain things are getting passed as law. But when we go out in ministry, we are meant to look at people as people that Jesus loves. The Samaritan, the good Samaritan, he didn't go and kick the tires of the guy lying on the ground. He didn't bypass them like the Pharisee and the Levite. He went and did what he needed to do because he knew he needed to do it. We too are called to do that. You see, we are called to love people around us, regardless of their race, their gender, their orientation, their religious or non-religious convictions, and their social status. As an official chaplain, in and through the work that I've been doing in the surf club, the football club, and in the hospital, I've been able to minister and do pastoral care to Muslims, bisexuals, atheists, lap Christians, and many broken, isolated, and lonely people. I don't need to approve of their lifestyle to minister God's grace. Amen? I just need to be able to minister God's grace. Many times in the hospital, your first thing you do is you knock on the door. There's not a sign that says, warning, do not enter. This person is not open to the gospel. Or there's not a sign that says, please come in. This guy wants to talk about Jesus. There's none of that. But you go in and you offer something good. When people are lonely, when they're suffering, when they're grieving. As I've shared before, my favorite ward in the hospital is the cardiac ward. Because every one of those in the cardiac ward, they're still alive. So they've gone through a story. And they've all got a story that they want to tell someone about. And when someone comes in and says, hi, I'm a chaplain, they go, awesome, I want to tell you about this story. I was dead, man, I was 99% blocked, I should have been in the ground, but look at me now, I'm alive. And I go, man, and then it opens doors for me to share with them. It's amazing, I love the cardio ward. We are called as unofficial chaplains, and we are charged to do our best to alleviate suffering whenever it comes across our path, wherever we may be and whatever we may be doing. Sometimes those alleviation of suffering may be the most simple acts of kindness, friendship, and mercy that should be freely rendered without any prejudice. When I was a youth worker at Shaler Park Primary School, I had 40 kids that I would minister to. I called them my 40 angels. And the teachers were always glad to see me when I come to the class. And they say, who are you taking today? And I'd take one of the kids out at a time and they go, Phew good, he's gone out of my class for a change. Get to spend an hour with Donnie. 
one day, one of the teachers, uh, who was just an amazing teacher working with special, aids, uh, special needs kids, um, she was off sick. And as I came in, I, I said, oh, I'm going to see these kids today. And they said, oh, uh, she's off sick today. Um, there's another teacher there, so you'll have to introduce yourself and find out what you're doing. I said, don't worry. Anyway, so I said, so is she okay? Yeah, she's just not well. And I said, is it appropriate for you to give me her phone number and I'll just give her a ring just to see how she's doing and let her know we're praying for her? And she said, oh, that would be lovely. That would be lovely. So I got the phone number and a little bit later I rang her up and I said, good morning, how are you doing? She said, oh, what's wrong, Donnie? What, what are my kids is causing trouble now? And I said, none of them. And she goes, oh, well, what have you rung for? And I said, I just rang to see how you were. I was told you were sick. Next thing there's a clunk, clunk, clunk. Hello? 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 And then she picks up the phone and she's crying. And I said, what's wrong? She said, I'm sorry, I just dropped the phone. I can't believe you just rang up to see how I was. Yeah. And I offered pray for you. Oh, thank you, Donnie. That's just so amazing. A phone call, folks. I didn't run a, a massive evangelistic program. Just a phone call. Friendliness, simple things. You see, as an unofficial chaplain, we need to know that the increasing depth and insight that we gain from the Bible into the whole life. Because as a chaplain, unofficial chaplains, we need to be able to encourage people to the good life on God's terms. But we don't need to bash them with the Bible. We need to be able to share God's wisdom and gentleness and respect. There's an old saying that goes, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I believe it still applies. The holistic ministry is empowered by the Holy Spirit. The holistic ministry of life, and the Bible declares that the God anointed Jesus Christ with the Holy Spirit and with power. We're meant to go about in that same strength of the Holy Spirit and with power. Now, some of you might be going, yep, that's good. I get that. And I'm empowered. Yes. But how is this? How can I do this? I don't know people that I can just ring. Well, I'm sure you do know people you can just ring. I know you people you can probably text or, or even go and visit. I want to give you a couple of illustrations. Uh, first one, in and through Kiwana Life and then from Kiwana Life outwards. In and through Kiwana Life, I, I want to just highlight Vonnie. How are you doing today, Vonnie? I almost told you this morning that you'd made it into the sermon, but I thought, no, nah, I won't do that to you. I'll just hit you up as we go. Now, how many people have been ministered to and by Vonnie in and through this church? There we go. And what way did she minister to you and through? Did she stand up and preach? No. What was that, Pamela? Where's the word of God for you? Yep. Friendship. Absolutely. Friendship is a great way to minister into people's lives. All right. Uh, uh, Vonnie does some things, and, and I love you, Vonnie. You know that. And Vonnie and I have worked together over many, many years, and there's been times when swords have been brought out and we've clashed and we've had to work through some things. And one of the things that Vonnie does, I roll my eyes at and I go, man, what's that about? Now, Vonnie, last week, was it strawberries last week, Vonnie? Yes? So strawberry, Vonnie brings a whole bunch of strawberries to church and says, they're available for anyone. How many people took home strawberries last week? Yeah? Are you blessed by that? Are they growing, Cindy? And, and when you have strawberries, you're going to go, well, praise God for Vonnie. She gave us these strawberries. And then at Christmas time, you had, what was it, holly? Holly that was available, and, and it all disappeared. People took the, the holly home. There's, there's one people came and saw me, Vonnie, and said, 
we've got extra stuff in our holly. There's a spider's web in here. <laughs> but it's her heart, isn't it? It's Vonnie's heart to be able to bring and bless people, to minister people. It may be not minestrone soup, but it's what she has in her hands. And she also ministers greatly in the area of RI into kids' lives. Man, is she just a gun in that area. And even kids within our church, she ministers greatly and has done over a long period of time. A long period of time. So God bless you, Vonnie. Thank you for your servant heart and for the way you minister. The other one is I want to bring to your attention, and some of you might remember this. I, I've been to a couple of people, and this has come up a number of times, so I don't mean to embarrass you, Dan, but um, your sermon, mate, made an impact. And people have chatted to me about it, and they've, they've said, well, that, that young guy, that young guy, <laughs> we need to get him back up and preach again. And I said, yeah, that sounds a great plan. In Dan's sermon, for those that don't remember it, it was about washing people's feet. We're talking holistic ministry, washing people's feet. It's just a great picture of it. And one of the great pictures that Dan had in his sermon was Jesus washing the feet of a whole bunch of different people that we may go, yeah, no, I wouldn't wash their feet. Not a chance. That transvestite, I'm not washing his feet. That anti-vaxxer, I'm not washing their feet. That person who supports New South Wales, I'm not washing their feet. You know? All these crazy different things were up there for us to see and for us to be challenged by. Because all the people that we've just mentioned, guess what? God loves each and every one of them. And he tells us, love me, love them. A holistic ministry is to all people. Uh, what a challenge. What a great challenge. For us at Kiwana Life, a uh, number of years ago, we developed this thing called Oikos, the Oikos community, the Oikos Foundation. Oikos, ministering into our own backyard, taking that ministry further. So for us as a church, we've got ministry across the road to give out coffee to the homeless living in the accommodation centre. And that's a great thing we get to do every Monday, every Monday. But as we hand out a cup of coffee, what's next? And that's what I'm going to get us to today. Do good, but what's next? Because it's good to do good, but it's even better to make it a God thing and not just a good thing. May it start as a good thing, but may it become a God thing. And that comes by the Holy Spirit working in and through us. Now, how many of us believe, how many of us believe this, that when we go into places, that's an opportunity for the Holy Spirit to be actually working in and through us into those situations, no matter where those situations are, no matter what time, what place, there could be an opportunity for us to take hold of what God has in and through us, in our schools, in our universities, in our church, inside these four walls, outside these four walls, going across the road, handing out coffee to people, also sit down. One of the biggest things in our society is isolation and loneliness. Those folk over there cop isolation and loneliness. And they need that love and care and support. And we get to do it by handing out coffee. Minister only soup. Also in the mental health ward, every Thursday we get to go over there talking about people that are hurt and struggling. And we get to sit with them and talk to them and give them good coffee, the best coffee they've had all week. If you don't believe me, come and join us one day as a visitor and you'll hear them say, oh, this is the best coffee I've had all week. They say it again and again and again. 
I feel like the barista champion of the world after I've made these guys coffee. Oh, that was such a good coffee, man. Yeah, it's really hard. I hit this button. (laughs) Thank you to Kai Coffee for their beans. All right, people, I want us to get to know the reasons on why we are unofficial chaplains and why we need to be able to have a holistic ministry, working with people in all areas. See, Cam Butler, who was the National Director of Sports Chaplaincy Australia, said this in the foreword of a Daily Bread Sports Chaplaincy edition. We desperately need hope, and hope is sure for anyone when they are in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. See, for many years, we as a church had one of our little lines was to be the voice of hope in our community. And I believe that is still something that is for us as a church, to be a voice of hope. If we have Christ in our lives, then we can be that voice of hope. You see, as we do things, as we build, people will ask us questions. They will do things. My fat boys group on on Friday morning, uh, Darren from the surf club, who has gone from an atheist agnostic to a convenient Christian, um, told me, uh, said, Donnie, um, I got saved on Sunday. I went, well, you were on patrol Sunday. He said, yes, I got saved. And I'm thinking, oh, mate, because he's a phenomenal swimmer. I'm thinking, mate, did you have a stroke or did you have a seizure or a cramp and you had to get saved? And he goes, no, no, no. Fire church were at the beach, Donnie. They were doing baptisms. There were 10 baptisms. And because they were baptizing them next to a rip, they might be Christians, but they don't know anything so there's three of us as lifesavers down there watching these guys get baptized and they're giving their testimonies and one of the pastors comes up to me and says, thank you very much for keeping an eye on us. How are you doing? And he said, I'm doing good. Now Darren is the sort of guy, he won't shake your hand, let alone give him a hug. He likes his, his zone. He has a T-shirt that says, you're sitting too close. <laughs> you like that one? <laughs> and, and, and I said, so what happened, buddy? And he said, have a look at this. And he pulls out a photo. And in the photo is the past, one of the pastors from Fire Church has his hand on his shoulder. And Darren obviously didn't take the photo. All the guys on patrol who know Darren going, this guy's touching Darren, this is a photo. <laughs> and they took a photo of this guy praying for Darren at the beach. Now I've known Darren for about 10 years. I've got to pray for him a few times. But this is another weird Christian guy who's got to pray for him as well. The mosaic for Darren. I told him right then and then, mate, you better just give up. God's on your case. He said, no, I'm not giving up just yet. And I said, well, don't tell me you got saved. (laughs) Anyway, we need to be able to be ready to share our faith, share the testimony of what God has got for you. A number of years ago, I was a very naughty pastor. I challenged everyone to think about their favorite Jesus story. Anyone remember that sermon? Oh, good. It was a good sermon, that one. I asked you to remember your favorite Jesus story, and then I got you to share it. People went, oh, I like the part where Jesus turned water into wine. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of you said, oh, I liked it when Jesus walked on water. I liked it when Jesus raised the dead. I liked it. And I said, that's excellent. But I didn't say I want your favorite Jesus story from the Bible. I said, I want your favorite Jesus story. And I was hoping you would have had one a bit closer than the last 2,000 years. I was naughty. And I'm hoping and praying that when Nat gets up and says, I hope you've had a week walking with I hope that this week, as Nat had a Jesus story, that each of us has a Jesus story. 
And then through that Jesus story, you can share that with people because that's part of your life. That's your testimony. God's not just a God from 2,000 years ago. He's a God that is working in my life right now. Amen. We all have a holistic ministry, both individually and corporately. We each have an oikos, a backyard to minister in. We each have it. How are we going to do it this week? How are we going to do it? Come and join us in prayer tonight and we can pray into that. We can pray for those seeds into fruitfulness. We can pray for God's opportunities in and through our lives. We can get excited and eager and keen for God to work in and through us, into our communities, into our workplaces, wherever we may be. Amen? I'm keen. Holistic ministry, whatever way it goes. Mint, minestrone soup, coffee, strawberry, praying, picking up people, giving them a phone call. There's so many ways for us to be about the holistic ministry of Jesus Christ. So many ways. We encourage you in all those ways. Let's pray. Father God, I want to thank you for the opportunity of joining together today to be able to hear your voice, to see what you're up to, and to get a sense in our heart that, yeah, 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 I can do this. This is real. This is real. I can be about the light in the darkness. Oh, Lord God. Fill us anew with your Holy Spirit. Give us ideas and dreams on how we may be able to minister to those in our family, to those in our neighborhood, to those in our workplaces. Because we know, Lord Jesus, that you went about the world doing good. When the people were hungry, you fed them. When they were sick, you healed them. When they were struggling, you gave them peace. You set the prisoners free. You released the oppressed. You raised the dead. And then, Lord, you forgave all our sin and you gave us your grace that we might live in your peace and your comfort. We pray these things in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. I hand back to Paul and the team.